This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ हफ्ता वी ब्रिंग यू द हफ्ता फ्रॉम प्री डिजर्टेड ऑफिस लाइक मोस्ट पीपल इन द कंट्री आई होप मोस्ट पीपल इन द कंट्री वी आर ऑल्सो वर्किंग फ्रॉम होम वी जस्ट कम हेयर फॉर दिस रिकॉर्डिंग एंड आई गेस टू फिगर हाउ वी गो प्लान द नेक्स्ट फ्यू मंथ्स बिफोर आई गो ओवर द हेडलाइंस विच इज गोन बी प्रोडोमिनेटली अबाउट द करोना वायरस लेट मी इंट्रोड्यूस आ पैनल टू यू विथ मी इन ऑफिस मनीषा पांडे and mehraj i hope you guys Hi. are completely clear of any viruses hello hopefully hopefully you only can say that we'll find hopefully. out only god will uh, joining us Tell on us. the phone line is sohasini haider many of you who listen to this podcast know her well she is the diplomatic editor for the hindu she writes on foreign policy before this she was foreign affairs editor and she had a prime time show on cnn ibn she had world view with sohasini haider and she has received several journalism awards including the prem bhartia award and was part of the cnn team that won the columbia dupont broadcast journalism award welcome sohasini i hope you're well thanks so much and thank you for doing this uh, over what might be a faulty line but at least we we are doing the social distancing thing yes and i think so far your intro was quite clear we heard you loud and clear also joining us importantly at a time like this is dr arjun dang He is the chief executive officer of Dr. Dang's lab in Delhi. He has completed his MBBS and MD in pathology and also done a clinical fellowship in liver pathology from King's College Hospital London with a special interest in the field of oncology. He has done extensive work in the triple negative breast carcinoma. So I hope I pronounced that correctly but I'm sure the doctor Carcinoma. will correct me. And also has publications on medullary carcinoma. 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 Okay, and has done various presentations related to primary adenocarcinoma of lung and de-differentiate. Okay, these are words <laughs> I can't pronounce. Uh, Doctor, right. welcome. <laughs> That's all right. And also, um, I just found out actually that that uh, he's also Doctor Dang from the lab where I have been getting tested ever since I developed diabetes. So welcome. Thank you, Avinandan. Thank you for that brief uh, introduction, and I excuse all your pronunciations because definitely that's not your field of expertise, and I completely understand. And thank you for having me on the podcast. Right. So uh, let me just start off with what made the headlines this week, and then we will get into the discussion. As expected, across the world, COVID nineteen is making headlines. It is changing our life like nothing ever has, at least in my lifetime. If Madhu was here, she'd tell me if she has experienced something like that in hers. But she told me that she hasn't. Yesterday, while I was speaking with her, there have been. Uh, we India has crossed two hundred cases. Fourteen people have been discharged and recovered. Uh, we have uh, recorded five deaths so far. Meanwhile, Italy has bypassed China in the number of deaths. Mm. Uh, the WHO suggests testing every suspected case. India adopts a different approach. Maybe Dr. Dang can tell us a little bit about why that is. Maharashtra came up with this stamping mechanism we'll talk a little bit about that in detail T3 our international airport saw some rather ruckus scenes which were disturbing but i guess at times like this a little bit of this can be expected let's see how that gets handled apparently we are ramping up testing mechanisms in kolkata a man fell ill after a drinking cow urine party which was organized and a bjp leader <laughs> who organized has been arrested yeah meanwhile as we speak Kamal Nath has resigned I believe. Yeah, he's resigned. Uh so he clearly will not pass the floor test. Yeah, and BJP just... apparently has the numbers. They have about 
106 and the majority mark is 104 because 16 have resigned so the the, yeah. the amount of uh, mlas has yeah, come 22 down 22 inc rebels yeah, resigned I mean, he last wouldn't night. have resigned if he had if the numbers had, yeah. that's yeah. clear and uh, former chief justice of india ranjan gogoi was sworn in as a member of parliament among chants of shame shame uh, the telegraph newspaper based out of bengal has received a press council notice for a headline that they did which we shall talk about in a little more detail and this morning all four rapists and murderers of jyoti singh in delhi were hanged at tehar after 7 years since they committed the crime uh, the government has sought the call data records uh, cellular operators have red flagged the surveillance state that we're in meanwhile the yes bank crisis seems to have been resolved for now and the moratorium of cash withdrawals is over if we have time we'll talk about that but we'll focus on the more pressing matters meanwhile the delhi high court has ordered dna test of the bodies found after delhi violence we have a report on all the bodies that are found in drains uh, you can check out a really comprehensive report that news laundry has done on this which ayush and basant have worked on right mm. and it is uh, it took them a long time to do that i highly recommend you watch that report and it is because we are funded by subscribers that we can do such reports so may i please request you to pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers are served so let me get straight into covid first dr dang uh, two specific questions yeah. one why is india uh, you know doing this testing regime like while uh, many international commentators are saying every suspect case should be tested here we are saying only those who have a travel history or have come in direct yes. contact with someone who has been diagnosed is it because yes. of a lack of machines and does that actually solve the problem or will there be a lot sure. of undetected cases amongst us and we should be very worried sure sure so uh, abhinandan thanks for the very very relevant question that the citizens of india are all of them are asking and also need to understand so i will start with a quick overview of the stages of any particular pandemic like all of us understand pandemic is an infectious disease that travels over the globe and has multiple countries that are affected by it so when we talk about the stages or the levels or the categories of any particular pandemic it starts with stage 1 that is the first stage to start with so the first stage is an imported stage where what i can actually explain is that initially uh, as all of you know when uh, covid 19 hit india it was the imported cases that is the foreigners or the people's people who had gone abroad and were returning to the country with the infection so that was stage 1 then it went to stage 2 that we are currently in that is the localized or the cluster infections now that would indicate like the family in agra or the uh, big group of people from italy who were all tested positive that was the cluster or the localized stage now the stage 3 that is the uh, that is the community stage and stage 4 that is the epidemic stage some people also call them 3 and 4 under one umbrella of the community spread and as you must have been uh, reading about it community spread is the stage that is actually extremely dangerous so what community st- uh, spread means and where we aren't right now and may god forbid that we reach it is that asymptomatic people that is people who don't have any fever and cough will also test for the uh, for uh, positive for the covid 19 so right. the protocols that have been laid down by the who and the cdc clearly indicate that in stage 2 of the infection the testing criteria that is to be followed is what you've just mentioned and i'll just elaborate on it that is anyone who has symptoms of covid 19 along with a history of travel to the affected areas 
or with uh, with history of contact with someone who's a diagnosed case of covid-19 is only to be tested but as i say that the icmr is also monitoring whether india is in the community stage and they've done random sampling of mm. around 100 people who didn't have any symptoms or any uh, covid-19 like symptoms and luckily all of them fortunately have tested negative so they have confirmed that they are not in stage 3 and in stage 2 the current testing criteria that is being followed is is the correct thing to do apart from this also you did uh, mention a lack of testing capacity in the country versus the huge population that we have i would completely agree with you that judicious testing is the need of the r and moving forward also as long as we are in stage 2 we should stick to this criteria okay uh, i just had one more question and i understand i mean you're a doctor yes. you have to do doctory and not necessarily take on uh, you know just be campaigning and asking the government questions which is our job actually but a few days ago we were discussing in office that i know for a fact cuz a doctor told me that they had testing kits available but the government had mm-hmm. not allowed them to use it so if you can tell us i mean understand if you can't talk about it why no i will definitely i will i will definitely talk about this because what you're saying so why, from so, a person's point of view yeah. if i was in your place i'd be asking the same question and it is a very lo- logical apprehension and a question that you have here now it is not as uh, black and white as you are mentioning it now every test is run by a particular set of reagents or kit but with covid 19 the particular strain of the virus that has been found to be positive in india is of a particular type now the test that is being done by the various government institutes and also the mother lab that is niv in pune is testing for a particular strain that has been found to be present in india to maintain uniformity and the quality of the tests being done by every private player that is if the government allows us in the coming few days the kits that are being used has to be approved by niv pune so that we are not getting erratic false positives and false neg- ne- ne- negatives everywhere in every city because that will re- uh, lead to further chaos and panic so even if the kits are available the machines are ready the train manpower and infrastructure is present the validation of the kits is a very essential step that the government needs to guide us about and also laying down the sop that is the standard operating procedure and the safety norms also need to be clearly indicated to the private laboratories testing for the particular covid because we want to uh, benefit the nation with our services and if this is not done in a controlled and regulated manner mark my words if this is not if the testing is not done in a controlled and regulated manner we will actually go from the frying pan to the fire and it will no way help in actually detecting cases if not done in the correct way so you're saying it, there's a scientific reason and it's not a pr exercise basically a thousand percent i would agree with the government and also also right now the validation procedure is uh, going on in niv pune and we are getting regular updates and there are multiple went 
vendors who kits are in queue and as soon as any of the vendors get their kits approved and NIV stamps it as reg- uh, re- regulated and the private labs can start using it, then there are multiple private labs who are very well equipped to do the test. Also, Abhinandan, what you should keep in mind here, it's, it's not just about putting the test here. It has a pre-analytical and a post-analytical phase in it that is extremely crucial. The pre-analytical meaning the person who's collecting the sample also has to have all the safety norms in place because this is such a contagious and virulent yeah. virus that it can travel to healthcare professionals at a very fast rate because they are exposed at very uh, short distances from the patient. And also post-analytically, that is once you run the sample, how are you discarding discarding the samples? That's also extremely important. So for you to understand, testing is just a small piece of the puzzle. We have to look at the entire scenario and put our best foot forward. Right. Thanks. Uh, so, Hasin, you know, if I could just come to you, there is, I mean, of course, you could weigh in on how you think this has been um, covered by the media. Uh, one specific thing on the foreign, since you are also an area expert in foreign relations, you know, I don't know whether you saw Donald Trump's press conference where he referred to it as the Chinese flu. Now, I dislike Donald Trump. I know many people do. And, you know, uh, people were thought it was xenophobic and of course when he says it I'm sure there is a certain tongue-in-cheek you know he, he likes to be provocative but if the Spanish flu could be called the Spanish flu a are, are there any you know foreign foreign relation impact of this and in your view you think the coverage of it and especially how the governments have reacted in India is at par with how they've reacted in other parts of the world to the last part because it comes directly from where Dr. Diane was speaking. You know, in, in terms of uh, what the government decided to do was clearly not to go the route of many other countries like South Korea, Japan, where they said test, test, test. Instead, they are trying to isolate India in a sense and make sure that nobody with the virus gets in or as few as possible get in. So what are the things that the government actually did And then you can judge them. You know, over time, we will all know what worked and what didn't. Um, But the government, first of all, has uh, canceled the visas of all foreigners. So that if you want to come to India, you have to get a special visa. This includes OCIs. Um, You know, overseas citizens of India can no longer come on the basis of their OCI, even though it was a lifelong uh, 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 sort of passport given to them, a lifelong visa given to them. Um, And uh, so they they stopped the foreigners from coming in. Uh, The second phase was really to stop flights from countries that saw a high rate of the epidemic. Um, And then the the third has been uh, uh, what we've seen in the last couple of days, which is to even stop passengers. They've already stopped passengers of any kind. Indians or foreigners from about 37 countries. And as of this weekend, as of Sunday, what we're going to see is actually all of them all the flights completely stop until um, uh, until the end of the month. Uh, so you're seeing that the government is really trying to isolate India. Now, does this work? Uh, is this going to be uh, the best way to do it? Do we still need to test inside India? And are we getting the full picture? Those are questions that remain uh, to be answered. But remember that India has been unique in this. Uh, today, the United States, for example, has put in uh, has has put in uh, a, a new travel advisory level four, saying that really we are going to stop anyone from coming into the U.S. But saying very particularly, all American citizens need to come home. India is not doing that. India is saying 
all Indian citizens, everyone else who wants to come to India, don't come. Stay put where you are. It's causing a lot of hardships. There are businessmen stuck in uh, cities around the world. There are Indian students who have been locked out of their own colleges, uh, who have really nowhere to go, but have been told by the government, we can't take you back right now. What is the status of these people? Because I had some relatives who were at the London airport and they were told that they, you can't go. Although the Indian citizens had just gone there to visit their daughter. And their concern was like while they can stay there. They, but they, they just have uh, two days in order to try and get uh, permission from the government to come. But actually, if you're in the UK, you're in one of 37 countries. That includes all of Europe. It includes the EU FTA partners, Switzerland, uh, Norway, uh, I think Liechtenstein as well. Uh, so you would not be able to, uh, you would not actually be able to travel to India at this time unless you get some very special dispensation, which is, which is unlikely. Um, and so you really have to make your own way. The Indian uh, embassies are trying to help. I know in many capitals, the Indian embassy has uh, got subsidized accommodation for people. Um, but but this is, again, a different problem. Uh, you know, in places like Manila, I think in parts of Southeast Asia, hotels are no longer taking guests. Right. So you really have to so have a, a, get a lot of help in order to do this. Uh, for the moment, those people are stuck. And I think unless they can come back by the 22nd, certainly until the 29th, there are no flights that are going to come in. Um, and this is causing a lot of heartburn. We heard from one uh, Indian who literally put out a video uh, uh, today on Twitter saying, you know, uh, help me. I'm an Indian. Let me come home. My family needs me back. I can't stay. Uh, we spoke to another uh, person who was uh, similarly locked out, was an OCI, but was locked out and um, essentially needs his medication, which he doesn't have access to in another country. Uh, so, so it's causing some problems. We have spoken to the Ministry of External Affairs. We spoke to the government about these cases. And they're basically saying, look, we have to look at the greater good. We have to try and ensure that people don't come in and then spread the virus inside India. Their own loved ones would right. actually be much worse off if they were to come back with uh, the virus in any way. So this is a choice India has made. Uh, when you look at uh, those in Iran and Italy, two of the countries worst hit apart from China, uh, what India did was essentially stop flights from there, uh, stop people coming on flights from there, and then uh, actually sent out teams to test people in Iran and Italy. Now, there are hundreds of people over there. So obviously, this is taking time. It's been a couple of weeks. Right. Um, but, but this is the course the government has decided. Very quickly on the point about Mr. Trump and what he said, uh, you know, there is a basic logic for why you don't use the origins of a place uh, as the name of a virus, even if you use it colloquially. And that is because there might be more than one virus coming out of that place. Uh, so you'd have to, you know, give it maybe one, two, three, that sort of uh, name. Uh, and that's why they don't name it. Uh, I think when Mr. Trump is speaking about the Chinese virus, as he calls it, uh, there is a political angle to it. Because if you notice, Mr. Trump also brought out a campaign um, a pamphlet straight after he used the term Chinese virus and said, you know, what are the Democratic contenders doing? What is Mr. Biden doing? He is actually pro-China. Mm. Um, so this is part of the election campaign in the U.S., this usage of the word, particularly at a time when it does look like the government in the U.S. was caught napping and came late into the game, if you like, uh, in terms of countering the coronavirus. They were actually playing down the threat from right. the coronavirus uh, and now you're looking at about 10,000 cases there. Uh, so we'll discuss the political angle a little more. Dr. Dang has to leave us because I'm sure he has more important stuff to do. But before you go, Manisha, Miraj, you have any other questions before uh, Dr. Dang leaves us with a recommendation? Yeah, uh, so uh, Dr. Dang, 
you were talking yes. about uh, testing capacity right now government has yes. decided on a course so what i want to know is if it needs to be scaled up massively and it looks like it is go- mm-hmm. going to have to be so does that yes. capacity exist like if has right now uh, the numbers the bbc has put out is they'll be doing around 8000 tests a day in mm-hmm. a country like india i mean if 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 it spreads let's hope it doesn't but if it spreads 8000 tests a day is very less or have i got it wrong okay so um i i hope i've understood your question well but this is also something that i have answered before and so basically this is a hypothetical situation where we are trying to prepare ourselves for the worst case scenario that the infection actually reaches that state that we'll need to start testing even asymptomatic people i, I would definitely agree with the audience that says that we might have a lack of kits not only because of the current inventory but also mainly because of the supply chain that's being affected due to major travel bans so if you look at the vendors who supply these kits and world renowned vendors mostly most of them are either situated out of europe or out of china so the supply chain and the logistics that is there will would have taken a hit so it would be an uphill battle to get uh, even more kits than we already have and there would be a trickling of kits so i would agree with the fact that maybe we uh, we'll we'll fall short of kits but most of the reason that we need to judiciously judiciously test only the ones that actually fit the criteria of the current stage of the pandemic and not test everyone okay all right and can you give us a sense of what is like india's indigenous capacity to make these tests and ventilators and what is what is it like is it entirely dependent on say china and other places or is there some local capacity also so so there is huge amounts of local capacity but like what i mentioned to you it would depend on what the government or niv pune regulates and authorizes because the strain of the virus is such that we need to have uniform reporting in every lab made by kashmir or kanyakumari also another point that i would like to make here and a lot of people are making comparisons with south korea testing regimes also is that there is a particular rapid test now this rapid test tests you for the particular antibody and not for the viral load so i know it might be little diff- difficult for you to understand so i'm going to break it up in very s- simple terms so uh, antibodies are basically proteins that are formed in the body when you're exposed to any particular infection bacteria or a virus or any infection and the viral load is the count of the virus virus's rna that is the genetic material of the virus in your blood or your body so the rapid testing kit that people are saying that can be done hugely and has been done in other countries as well would indicate herd immunity now also for our listeners to understand what is herd immunity herd immunity is basically the same antibodies that i was just explaining to you that develop when you are exposed to any particular infection or you get a vaccine off so for example i'll explain it with reference to swine flu so when swine flu started and it was called a pandemic and there were a lot of people getting infected by it and, sl- and slowly we've seen now that it comes on a yearly basis and a very small number of people get affected why is that that is only because of herd immunity immunity that has developed in the population by people developing the antibodies now the rapid testing kit that gives results in a few minutes and costs a few hundred rupees basically tests you for the antibodies 
for india to start that rapid testing kit would not be appropriate right now because currently we are trying to identify people who actually will develop symptoms and will get into that critical state so we can handle them and give them treatment how long do so these antibodies would, uh, how how long does this take i mean is it a few months process or does this actually take years no, it will take many months to go away so the uh, antibody uh, rapid testing kit is not relevant here and uh, i want everyone to understand that because um, in a few days in a few weeks i do hope that the private labs will start testing and to go for the rt pcr test that is polymerase chain reaction test that tells you the viral load is the most appropriate one in these cases okay manisha you have yeah, anything yeah i just had one uh, two questions quick ones yes. one is following up on your herd immunity uh, thing yes i've i've been reading a lot about it and a lot of doctors seem mm-hmm. to believe that you are going to get the corona it's just a question of when and exactly. what we have to do now is just postpone it so do you see it also like that and and the second um, question so hmm, please yeah, go ahead so, so so you have a relevant point here now now everyone not everyone but a large majority will be exposed to the virus like you've already read and you understand that it does not affect healthy people in the age group up till maybe 50 or 60 so the main danger here is even me being a doctor i can tell you that every day when i go home i have my grandfather who's in his 90s and i don't meet him until i go to my room my shower i go down with a mask he asks me every day why are you wearing a mask because it's just that the transfer or the transmission of the virus to someone elderly in that age group can be disastrous for them a lot of people in india and delhi would have already had the infection had a mild fever got over it but that doesn't mean that we can be careless because we have to be careful for all the elderly people around us so that we don't give them the infection and they can have major but in the in the process of developing this herd immunity are we just going to lose yes. a lot of lives is because this i mean is it going to be unlike any other pandemic earlier for example swine flu i'm just wondering if we're just going to lose a lot of people and if the death rate is going to be far more than any other pandemic in this case for us to so, even rely on herd immunity as you know the final sort of way sure, to sure so so let me let me just give a fair comparison with the spanish flu that you've also been discussing in the uh, podcast now at the time of spanish flu in 1918 there were close to 30 35 million deaths and uh, at that time the ma- there were two major differences one in our favor and one against us the one in our favor right now is that obviously after 100 years we have a lot of developed medicines and science and testing capacities and knowledge but on the other hand if you actually look at it the number of air travel or the number of flights in 1918 compared to now were comparatively zilch so since this is an imported disease for it to spread over the world it has a much higher probability now compared to 100 years back but yes mortality again coming to your question is going to be concentrated in the elderly and the immunocompromised like all of us already know but to comment on an exact number would be difficult but compared to the mers and the sars now these were two earlier pandemics that we've seen sars had a fatality rate of close to 10% mers was around i think 6% and now this would be around 2 to 3% so it has a low fatality rate 
but a much higher uh, uh, speed of transmission, what we call is how contagious it is. So a simple cough or a simple sneeze and a simple shake of the hands or opening a particular uh, doorknob can get it transmitted to the next person. Thanks, doctor. Um, we'll hey, could I you ask play. a question? Sure, sure, yes. sure go ahead. Please, please. I just wanted to get a sense from you of do you think we'll mm-hmm. even know you know what are the uh, what will we ever find out how many people mm-hmm. actually do have coronavirus in India? I ask this because we all know one and a half million people I think around the world die yes. of tuberculosis, for example. A third of those yes. are Indians. Um, so yes. would we know people will die of tuberculosis? They'll die of something else. Um, we might not ever test them for coronavirus. No, with with uh, with ample amount of knowledge of the particular pandemic and testing capacities and knowledge, and with the WHO and CDC and even the Ministry of Health looking at it very closely, I am sure in the uh, next few months and years to come, the very specific symptoms that it actually has, especially when it reaches the shortness of breath and actually pneumonia that it causes, we will have COVID-19 and the top differential diagnosis in any good tertiary care center in Delhi. So the, the rate of detection will be good. But then again, on the flip side, the symptoms do overlap with the common flu. So uh, we should have COVID-19 in the top differential, especially someone who develops any shortness, shortness of breath or pneumonia-like symptoms. Right. right. Thanks. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Doc. Any recommendation for our listeners before you yes. say bye? Yes. So um, basically, I saw this documentary on Netflix a few days back. It's called Pandemic. So it basically explains uh, to the people watching how it is for the healthcare workers and also for the patients during a pandemic and about the Spanish flu, about the H1N1 flu, about smaller cities and metropolitan cities, etc. So it would be a good watch if you have a time. It's a long uh, season with many episodes. I've seen a few and I thought it was relevant for, for our viewers to watch and comment. Right. Thanks so much. Uh, good luck Great. with tackling this and thank, thank you. you for your service and what you do. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure being on the podcast, guys. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That was really insightful and very helpful. Yep. Now, moving on with the politics of it. Um, Modi ji. Now, Modi ji's address yesterday. Now, uh, let me just put out the context for those of our overseas listeners who may not have seen the full half an hour speech of his. Modi ji came for half an hour yesterday and I guess the whole country was glued onto it. And basically said that this is serious. People stay indoors, avoid contact. And Sunday he has called for a voluntary janta curfew. It is not an enforced curfew, but he's requested everybody to stay indoors. And in the evening at 5 o'clock, come to the balconies and clap. People have compared it with, uh, you know, Kerala's chief minister putting out that they've put about 20,000 crore. This is what they've done. Specifics of how they're doing to tackle it. Some have compared it with Justin Trudeau's address, which was, I think, about 5-10 minute address. Uh, so, of course, the Modi haters will say nothing Modi does is right. People like Vivek Agnihotri have tweeted that Modi ji is the best person in the world to manage a disaster. So, I guess the truth lies somewhere between. So, first let me ask uh, uh, Suhasini and then the rest of the panel. What do you think of that address yesterday? Would, uh, would you rank from a 0 to 10? Where would you rank it? And what should he have said beyond what he did or should he have not said certain things? So everybody saw Mr. Modi's address and people have reacted depending on where you are on the I love Modi or I hate Modi spectrum. Uh, and it has been compared to many other addresses around the world. So Hasni, how would you rate it? What could he have said more and what should he have not said? Okay, so Avinandan, um, I, I, I have to say, you know, firstly, Mr. Modi gave everyone a 24-hour 
time lag in between the time that he announced it and the time that he actually had the speech. I think this was a big mistake because it clearly led to a lot of panic in the country. Uh, people expecting that an 8 p.m. announcement by Prime Minister Modi will mean something is going to be shut down, something could be closed down, uh, shops might be shut. So you saw panic buying in cities across the country. You saw people um, stocking up on fuel. You saw medicines, pharmacies, groceries just go empty uh, in a matter of a few hours. So I, I do think that the prime minister's media handlers need to consider this particular time at a time when everyone's so nervous and jumpy. Um, maybe what you just need to do is ease in people and say, you know, it's like the monkey bath that the prime minister is going to speak in, in his normal um, uh, way that he does. Uh, I, I also think that uh, how you grade what, uh, what Mr. Modi said really depends on what you were expecting from the speech. I think you did get that assurance, if uh, that's what you were looking for, that the prime minister feels that this is a, uh, a pandemic that's being taken seriously by the government, but it isn't something that the government is overwhelmed by. However, if you were expecting him to lay out a specific, specific details on what the government's doing, where they think the, uh, the actual pandemic has reached in India, whether it's a local transmission, what it is about a community transmission, that should really worry us, or whether you were expecting them to make a specific, uh, you know, uh, give a specific government programs, I think you might have been disappointed. Uh, what I saw from a lot of the reaction to the prime minister's speech is people, uh, you know, sort of being very positive about what he said in terms of keeping the older people indoors, uh, uh, speaking about being more compassionate in general, but in particular to people who work for you, give people time off uh, if needed. So those are much needed things for him to say. Uh, the appreciation for healthcare workers, I think, um, is very important. Uh, and of course, we've seen in other countries like Spain and France and Italy, where people who are stuck inside their homes on complete lockdown, uh, you know, uh, uh, organized a sort of community applause and everybody clapped at one particular time for them. Uh, Mr. Modi's plan for Sunday, which is to, you know, everybody will clap hands or uh, thali bajao or uh, ghanti bajao at 5 p.m. Uh, does seem a little symbolic. It does seem a little uh, like tokenism. Uh, but I guess if the message goes through that we do appreciate health workers, emergency workers who are working at a time nobody else really wants to, um, then, that, then that is very important. All in all, I would say uh, Mr. Modi lacked on substance in his speech. So I wouldn't give him any marks for that. But I would certainly say it was a very reassuring speech. Uh, and I think those who wanted to be reassured probably went away feeling that. Uh, Manisha, hmm. you want to weigh in? I mean, I will say this is the first speech of Mr. Modi where I saw humility. Otherwise, no matter what he's announcing, there is a certain... He uses me very often. Even if I say he never says hum ya hamari sarkar. He refers to himself as... Yeah, he did the, look jittery. The prime, the, 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 he's, he's the alpha. Uh, he did, I noticed he did not do any of that. There was a certain, uh, you know, main aap se kuch aaya hun. there was that humility. He didn't seem like the guy. But I did think that the ghanta bajao, whatever, thali bajao is a test to see to what extent we'll obey. Uh, but yeah, Manisha, what are your... I think one of the main problems that I had with the speech was that we're just borrowing something from the Western world without seeing whether it applies to us or not. And this is the kind of stress that's being put on home quarantining and self-isolation. And I just want to read a few statistics from the census, which says that the average household size in India is a little below five members. 
Census data on size of dwelling units show that only 5% of Indian houses have five or more rooms, which means that 69% of Indian houses have only one or two rooms. And in Western countries, even the poorer uh, households offer one room per person. And you don't need to, I mean, you don't need to read the census data for this also. If you just look at any of the juggies around you, communities share toilets. One fam- one room would house like five to six families from elders to kids. So this home quarantine thing, I think it's it's just really like we are just not thinking about how it's going to work in India. I don't think it can work in India. What he should have done, I think there should have been more stress on sanitation. I think there should be massive sanitation drives you know, maybe even giving free disinfectants in communities and uh, slum areas or even like, I mean, rich people can buy it themselves. But I think there should have been just more stress on sanitation and some concrete measures on what is the state going to do. This is all, what will you do for the state? But what is the state going to do? What is the economic package going to look like? I think it was nice that he said that, you know, be nice to your domestic help or whatever and make sure you don't cut their wage. But what economic stimuli are you going to give? Or what are you thinking about in terms of an economic package or even with testing, I thought that maybe he'll talk, say something about testing, where all you could test or if you're going to involve the private labs in it. So I think, yeah, again, high on emotion and very fatherly speech, you know, like, oh, come, let's sing and join hands and do all that. But low on substance. I thought Justin Trudeau's speech was way more comforting, even though it won't affect me. I mean, at yeah. least th- 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 that seemed like, you know, there's a concrete plan that the country's coming up with to deal with whatever's yeah. happening. Also, Trump putting aside $1 trillion yeah. as a stimuli package, you know, to just make sure that the economy doesn't come to a grinding halt and people have some money to spend. Uh, and uh, Boris Johnson said that, I keep saying Boris Yeltsin, Boris Johnson said that we, you know, we request our businesses to stand by their employees because we will stand by the businesses. Yeah. Now, like in the, there was India, no comfort... Already, they have. I know for a fact many people I know have shut down certain businesses. Um, certain businesses that I am aware of firsthand are already planning layoffs in the next three months. This is something I don't think our government even has a plan to address or the capacity to. I do think that today's Times of India is a very telling piece of what is to follow. Mehraj, you can come in after this. Sorry to yeah, yeah. come in. It there is a three-page ad of Yogi Adityanath. And he's been putting full-page ads every day. He's also writing op-eds. He and wrote four op-eds. Yeah, so today the three-page ads. I think going forward, every news organization will only have government ads to survive because the private sector is fucked. Mm. They will not be able to support. And the first place where they cut down... Not, before not every, Abhinandan. Remember, the, the government doesn't uh, yeah. necessarily uh, advertise in every news. <laughs> That's true. Sorry. But I think uh, that is... In my view, from the news point of view, very dangerous. And not just for the BJP. AAP has been pillowing three-page ads, if you remember, before the, the election. elections. Yes. I mean, every day there was a half-page smiling cage. Rival greeting us from some page or the other. Sometimes it was a full page. I'm sure in other states it'll be likewise. In Bengal, it'll be likewise. I think the danger to news ecosystem is pretty significant. Yeah, with the private sector, if they shrink advertising and they will. They will. The it's inevit- so the only people who will have an ad budget is the governments from around the country. And then expect and total so, obedience. Yeah, so therefore, again, I keep saying, unless the public pays, the public won't be served. But Mehraj, about the speech. So I agree with Manisha completely. And this is not just about like people living in unsanitary conditions, they can't quarantine. What about people who have to go out work that day to eat? They right. can't eat unless they go out to work. And that's like 70-80% of the population in this country. In fact, this, the Ola and Uber cab drivers have said, please do something, you know, 
our EMIs because they're not getting from making thousand two thousand a day. They're making two hundred three hundred a day. Exactly, not just them. The the factory workers, the rickshaw fellows, the ready walas, the daily wage workers. What are they going to do? I mean, it's fine to say okay, go and sit inside your home and clap at like monkeys at five o'clock. That's fine. But what about these people? I mean, the 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 problem with the speeches. I mean, we have to disabuse ourselves of the notion that it was a. it was a address to the nation it wasn't it was an address to the top 10 15% of the country the upper caste upper class upper middle class people who basically have all the privilege in this in this country there are clues throughout the only like practical suggestion he gave is don't go to the hospital if you have like routine checkups call up the family doctor are you kidding me how many people in this country have family doctors good point yeah. mm. he was clearly talking to us don't give yeah don't give your uh, maids and other people uh, so he was talking don't, to the maid don't cut their wages what does that mean and what is he going to do aapki daya dikha do yes what is he going to do if yeah, if so. people actually cut their wages which is, is going to happen the yeah. thing also, like uh, you I mean, said if i could add to maraj and what he's saying uh, even the idea of coming out on your balcony or your roof uh, to clap hands uh, really denotes a, a middle class society hmm. uh, obviously you don't want a lot of people to come out on the roads and start clapping if the whole purpose of that day is social distancing yeah and elective surgery I mean, just that word. I mean, there was this story during the Delhi riots. This one person whose father was uh, like injured. He took him to a hospital. Hospital did the basic treatment, then said, "Take him to another hospital, because if you admit him here, you'll have to pay five thousand bucks." He didn't have five thousand bucks. He was taking him to another hospital. He died on the way. And elective surgery you are talking about, and quarantine. Which which people are going to sit at home? The people, the displaced people in Delhi who were displaced by the violence. Where are they going to go? So this was I mean I actually watched the speech yesterday and then I thought maybe I missed something because I didn't see hear any concrete proposals even like clowns such as Donald Trump and Boris Johnson are coming out with concrete solutions right now hmm. I mean the if the leader comes out right now he has to say this is the section of society who won't be getting their wages let's do this thing for them these are the people who won't be getting their rations let's do this thing for them these are the people living in very vulnerable conditions let's do this thing for them instead of it it's like you remember i mean I, the vibe i got was either it's like a nero fiddling while rome burned and he's asking all of rome to just cheer him on as he does it and there's this this whole idea about okay i'm asking you for this i'm asking you for this you remember those uh, 80s 90s big grade hindi movies there's this generic thakur ji ka character thakur saab and he says gaon walo aapne meri har baat mani aaj tak hmm. ab main aakhri qurbani chahta hu aapse hmm. what the hell man <laughs> the one good thing though here is that at least in terms of concrete measure at least the yogi adityanath government said that we'll be paying the government will be paying daily wage labor good for and the money that they cancelled so Yeah. At least, like, yeah, that's a concrete thing Those that we things. will pay. We yeah, will like Caroline's doing. I mean, mm. and let's hope and pray to God that this doesn't come to that. But even what Caroline is proposing now, if the like all the models work out the way they are saying, and if we follow the examples of other countries, even that is going to be so so little. It's not going to be enough. What mm. even Caroline is doing, they're basically paying fifty five percent of the population. And here, this guy is saying, okay, let's 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 clap. Right. So um, now, one thing that I had predicted yesterday was that Yogi Adityanath or Ajay Singh Bisht will have to cancel the Ayodhya Mela because he can't go ahead with that without making Modi look silly, and that has happened this morning. I think Modi would not want to announce that because it would hit his popularity. Now, how Indians? Some Indians have behaved irresponsibly in Kolkata. There was this IS officer's son who landed, partied from Oxford, came here, Oxford partied returned. again. 
and could possibly have infected a bunch of people. His mother, who's an IS officer, attended office, so they were distant. And Mamta Banerjee is justifiably livid. Then in Maharashtra, some people who had that stamp of home quarantine boarded a train, train and decided to head off. Uh, and Manish. there's one recent case coming out from Lucknow where this singer Kanika Kapoor, she came back from United Kingdom. She hid her travel history from authorities. She stayed at a five star and attended a party with hundred people. And has and she, she's tested positive. She's tested positive. This this hiding so, travel histories is happening all over. We actually have a report coming out today. Hmm. Uh, we spoke to a lot of health officials who are on the ground going to screen people and test people, and they're saying we go to somebody's house. We know they have come from abroad, and we go and they either say. they'll like the family will say they're not here and we call them and they'll say we are out of state city or like they'll say we never left the city and then they have to dig up their phone records to show that you actually were outside My God, like that's like really really bad in like kerala nightmare. i mean despite all the great things they are doing i mean despite all the civic consciousness they have they had to file criminal cases against three people because they are being yeah. like now, idiots like now this now that's it's a very i think it's a very typical desi attitude now one thing that i i'm kind of on the fence on actually i'm not on the fence i actually don't think there's anything wrong with it and uh, i know sonia uh, verma ndtv uh, managing editor had tweeted that that how can you stamp people on the hand for home quarantine and some people had said that this is equivalent to you know the star of david that happened it triggers that kind of stuff <laughs> oh please um i i think there's nothing wrong cuz you have to have some separate like are you saying people who jews don't go to night clubs because at least when i was young in delhi i mean when i used to go to night clubs i don't know if they still do that i haven't been to one in like 15 20 years but you stamp your you wrist stamped, yeah so are you saying people don't go to night clubs because it triggers something i mean is isn't this and uh, what do you do i mean no, you have to come up with so they put those bands around yeah, your wrist yeah they put your bands so, so what's wrong with that so hasini is this like needless outrage over like anything like are we again being overwoke which is a problem of the 2020s yeah i mean i, I definitely think that in a situation like this you better have to tell people that uh, if they are being stamped they, they do know that they're not uh, they're not entitled to behave exactly as they please um remember people are not being let back into the country at all um so so to uh, to and, and indians are uh, you know one indian died in iran there are 254 cases just in that area in iran yeah. uh, near com of indian coronavirus affected people uh, they're not being allowed into the country simply because they already have uh, tested positive for it now there are so many people who are coming in who may even test negative today but in a week from now will have uh, shown the symptoms and they would already be infected so uh, to to minimize the threat from that by saying oh i don't want to stamp on my hand i think that is a bit much um i i, I do think what we need though uh, abhinandan i would say it's just a bit of empathy you know we've been doing stories for the last couple of weeks about people who uh you know uh, are for some reason slipping through the cracks or are not being helped um i remember when people in the airports got angry because they were spending 4 5 hours you know waiting for a coronavirus test uh, and yet um uh, you know were obviously in very jammed areas you saw those pictures of the terminal where there are queues and queues and yeah. and people in close proximity there must have been people without masks people who were coughing it was an uncomfortable place to be and uh, you know the moment those videos came out the way they were slammed and everybody said oh this is the privileged of india showing its privileges um clearly you know there is obviously some amount of empathy that we all need just put yourself in another person's shoes uh, when people ran away from quarantine uh, uh, centers i don't think that is correct 
Um, but some of them talked about really, really bad um, conditions yeah. where they were being kept. I saw some of the photographs. Uh, Manisha just spoke about the, yeah. the need for, um, for you know, having your own room. Uh, they were sharing rooms. They were sharing bathrooms. Uh, food and water wasn't necessarily in the best. I think there have been good examples and bad examples. Obviously, we've seen some great examples of quarantine as well. Besides that, I mean, we've been seeing the reaction to some, you know, if you say pilgrims in Iran are stuck and can't come back to India and don't know how to survive. And at the beginning, they were actually not being helped either by the Iranian government or by the Indian embassy. Um, the, the, uh, the average reaction was, well, what do they mean by going for a pilgrimage at this time? Obviously, they didn't know that they were right. going in to risk, um, you know, people, OCIs who are stuck outside uh, or Indians who are traveling abroad, you know, it'll be like, oh, these are, they can afford to go to a hotel. Well, maybe they can't. Maybe the student who's been uh, thrown out of his, his college was living on a full scholarship uh, and now really cannot survive um, while they're outside. So all I'm saying is we understand everyone is going through a certain amount of hardship. Uh, we do need a little more empathy for each other. The one thing scary with this uh, India not allowing students and, uh, you know, Indian nationals to come back is, so how long is it going to go on for, say, till the, I think, till the end of March? If shit hits the roof in UK, they're not going to care. Like, their health officials would find our people there a burden. Hmm. So I think yeah. this could be very scary for Indians there also because they're they would want you to go there. back. Your hmm. country doesn't want to take you back. So it can create a lot of panic. I mean, I would be terrified. Yeah, exactly. In, in countries which are like you really know, Manisha, burdened. Uh, right I already you burdened. saw that video. But there was a video by an, uh, by an, uh, an Indian business traveler who was stuck in Manila. And he said when he went to the airport and said to them, listen, I just want to go home. Uh, the officer apparently said to him, uh, sir, this is not our fault. It seems your country doesn't want you. Yes, I saw that. Um, so we do have to. I mean, yeah, obviously, really de desperate times ask for desperate measures, but you're absolutely right. But I, I think this is where triage comes in and one realizes that it, it seems heartless, but now it's everyone has to take that call and it's we're seeing it in the sense that... Hmm. I remember Samir had told me once some ORF. He says, you know, when a world leader takes a decision of saying that, no, we will not put our carbon emission at cuts at X, we will put it as like 15% less. He has pretty much signed a death warrant for about 100,000 people because that will lead to 100,000 deaths because of exposure. Or, but you haven't done it directly that I want those 100,000 killed. But certain decisions you take kill people. Doctors do that. That's the whole concept of triage at, you know, mobile surgical hospitals. That the person who has the most chance of surviving, they'll operate on him and they let the other guy die. Because you have limited... Now, it's not fair, but I think that is a reality that people who are taking tough decisions are faced with every day. And now we just get to see those decisions. Mm. No, but what I worry is, unfortunately, I don't think this is, like, from all indications, it doesn't look like it's a coherent policy. They're just doing the, this on the fly. Even in Modi's speech, if you remember, the only thing he said the government will do other than everything he asked people only to do was that the they have set up a committee uh, covid response team under the no no under the finance minister central oh, right. and everybody who has even passing familiarity with india will know that if you don't want to do anything you set up a committee right and i was just reading in the morning newspaper that they are asking for 
stakeholders usual those terms stakeholders for responses and feedback and everything i mean right now you should be on a war footing trying to figure out how to bring these people back why to take them i mean people in italy and iran they're not going to get i don't think they'll get healthcare there right sure they're not going to go to the hospital what is the plan yeah. you're shutting down the borders for a for a week what after that is there a is there a plan well, and they're uh, not telling the people they, what i think is to be is, done this is something that the us has cracked no matter what the situation they have daily briefings even if it's a murder the local police yeah. that we have found is you won't have people you know going into the space and hame ye mila wo mila in fact during that entire tahir hussain uh, delhi riots case yeah. like there were reporters going in and handling stuff see we found this like dude mm. if you found this like what <laughs> are the cops doing it's all lying around there for you guys to find but before we let sohasini go i was hoping that something like this would make news at least you know non partisan on this issue but i was dismayed yeah. to see certain channels have said pakistan marega corona ki maut hmm. uh, although the numbers yeah. are there pretty alarming in pakistan yeah, yeah. they are rising fast uh, yeah w- and the More same problem 150 cases same south asian problem there also where people are not adhering to the authorities they're going around holding parties so oh, i saw corona. this and that sorry 447 is the number I there. I saw this sorry I saw this video yesterday from Bangladesh. Hmm. I think it's genuine because people have said it's genuine. 10,000 people congregating to pray. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's a disaster. But uh, in all fairness in a lot of places in India at least that has stopped. That has stopped. Tirupati hmm. uh, has shut Iskon has shut most big mosques and masses. But I think Abhinandan you make an important point. You know we really do have to move on from uh, the partisanship because I think uh, coronavirus you know it may be just like any other pandemic you know people have spoken of the spanish flu they spoken of uh, all kinds of other cases after all we no longer fear h5n1 or h1n1 the way we used to uh, just a few years ago so maybe coronavirus will also uh, be controlled but it's uh, it's damage around the world is there for everyone to see the economies the fact that flights have got shut means what that the airline industries are going to be in trouble hotel industries are going to be in trouble uh, as you pointed out small businesses in india businesses that were already reeling from demonetization gst economic issues so uh, i i think we do, we do have to understand that what we're looking at is that even the recovery from corona is going to be very hard all around the world it would be it would be a great thing let's put it that way it would be a great thing if our leaders decided not to make this partisan not to make this political as i said the idea that trump would put into an ad an ad campaign yeah, that he that's... was calling it the chinese virus but where were the democrats you know that kind of thing is all too familiar for us where we see uh, everybody being made into um, uh, you know anti nationals if they if they don't tow the government and those who want to criticize the government uh, make it all about the politics so i i i do think we need a lot less of that maybe you know the virus has come maybe i'm being over dramatic but uh, it's quite possible the virus has come at a time when polarization is at such a height uh, that people need to take this time take the time they have to stay at home work from home Uh, slow down and think about what they've been saying and doing all this time uh, i think okay. uh, before yeah i swasni made an important point i mean the only as far as we know the only way to stop the spread contain the spread is social distancing 
that is not going to happen unless you tell everybody transparently you have to go out to work don't go out to work we'll give you this much money or we'll Specifics make these arrangements yes it everybody can't be generalities. Every, every single person i mean every single class of person that this is going to happen if you have a you you are an uber driver you have an car you have a car we'll put a moratorium on emis for now right. we'll figure out some other way later let's do this yeah, in the gen- meantime I think gen- that, that is that not is, happened yeah, that, we, nothing is happening we like specialize that specialize in generalities All of you listening in the chota hafta do subscribe so you can listen to the entire hafta we will see you again next week with the hafta till then subscribe pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served and advertisers pay advertisers served thank you goodbye all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.